Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, ESPN News, ESPN2, really Anywhere you want to look for us, you can find us. My name is Shay Cornette, filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. Happy Monday morning to you all. Wake up. I know it was a late night of Sunday Night Football, but we are here to recap it all for you. Jay Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, as I mentioned, I'm Shay Cornette. Um, And it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So last night, guys, the Kansas City Chiefs went to Baltimore and came out with an L. 36-35 was the final. The Baltimore Ravens, and most importantly, Lamar Jackson, finally got the best of Patrick Mahomes. It took four tries, but on the fourth try... He finally got it done. So Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, in his words, gets the monkey off his back, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a thriller last night. And before we kind of dissect this one, let's hear from Lamar Jackson on him finally beating the Chiefs. Here is the Ravens quarterback. Yeah, it feel good, you know. Um, it feel good to get that monkey off our back. Uh, it just feel good, you know. Um, Got to move on to Detroit now. You know, we ain't win the Super Bowl yet. We, it's just one game. We just got to keep. Stay focused. What was the conversation with Coach like before that last fourth down call? Oh, you want to go for it? I'm like, hell yeah. Again, I said it again. Um, like Seattle two years ago. Okay, so the Ravens trailed hmm. by 11 to start the fourth quarter. Jackson led the fourth, uh, the largest fourth quarter comeback of his career with two rushing touchdowns. He hmm. finished the day 18 of 26, 239 passing yards. He threw for a touchdown. He did have two interceptions and a sack. And then Lamar Jackson over 100 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. He had a really good day. And today, guys, I think is about Lamar Jackson and what he was able to accomplish last night against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it is, Shay. I think when you, you start off by – Looking at the fourth quarter comeback, um, you know, he led that drive down there. They obviously cap it off. But it, it becomes one of those deals where you're at an 11-point deficit, and the question has always been, can Lamar do this late in games when it matters most? Obviously, primetime game, Sunday night, everybody's watching. But it's more about him beating the Chiefs than it is about the fourth quarter comeback because – He's done that before. Totally. It may have not been against the Chiefs, but he's had comebacks, whatever the case may be, in good games. But this one was a 3-0 and deficit against the Chiefs, not being able to ever beat them. And then all of a sudden now you know no matter what my game plan is, whether it's throwing in the air or running on the ground, I have the ability to beat a team shorthanded. Right, and I I know the 11-point comeback was obviously the biggest for him in his career, but he's right. I mean, beating the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes was the thing heading into this game. But it was how he did it, and it was the fact that this team is depleted. I mean, when you got Tyson Williams, you got Devontae Freeman, got guys that are just being signed. Totally. And I give him all the credit in the world. I think his impact goes beyond the stat line for how he leads his team. You can talk about fourth and one, them going for that moment with Coach Harborough, and I, I get all that. But I give Greg Roman a lot of credit in this game. You see the way they picked on Chris Jones all night long? I mean, them moving the Chiefs moving Chris Jones in that D-line to the outside. I mean, that RPO and that zone, re- they were able to destroy them all night long. The, the thing with the Baltimore Ravens is last night, like, and I heard it on multiple different platforms, the only way they're going to beat the Chiefs is if they kind of enter this game like, well, what do we got to lose because of all the injuries they had? You mentioned the running back room, their secondary was depleted, their offensive line had issues, yep. so on and so forth. And I think the cards were stacked against the Ravens so much in that way that – 
really, at least I didn't, going into this game, I'm like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to overcome it? Well, I'll tell you how they can because they have Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. That's yeah, how they're able. And I, a good I defense. Uh, I didn't necessarily think that they win the game. I thought that because it's just Kansas City and Kansas City has so much firepower and their defense is playing okay that, you know, it would be a good game. I didn't think I didn't think that Baltimore would win, but I didn't also didn't say they couldn't win because I know how the NFL is. No matter what teams – uh, a favorite, whatever the case may be, teams go into places and upset people all the time or teams that have a lack of players, they upset teams all the time. So it's kind of like I could see with this type of athlete in the ability to do so many different things other than just traditional drop-back passing, he puts so much pressure on the defense with his ability as a dual threat. You've got to account for him so many different ways. He threw a pass in the middle of the field to Hollywood Brown where it looked like he was going to run the ball. Then all of a sudden he stopped in midair and decided, ah, I'm just going to play backyard boogie real quick. I got a guy who's wide open. Most quarterbacks <laughs> would panic in that situation. I don't think people appreciate that type of play right there. It was like a jump shot pass. Yeah, but he originally was going to take <laughs> off and run. Not, and then he realized it's wild. because of the ability to keep his, his eyes and head downfield even though he was going to run, saw Hollywood Brown break open in the middle of the field, pulled up and decided that I had enough arm strength, even though I'm going to throw it in midair. People just don't like it because it's non-traditional key. It doesn't look like the, the old that quarterbacks like, back in the 60s, what? drop back in the pocket. <laughs> and it, it looks so different. It's so <laughs> awkward for people. That looked like, to be honest with you, though, me and my boys was texting. That looked like Friday night football right there. Yeah. That looked like high school Friday night football. But I'll take that all day long if it's going to give me a W. Hey, for I, sure. I, but some people, like Jay say, they they looking at that, they're going, ah, that can't last in the NFL. Well, how well, many times are we going to keep I, saying that? It, it's, it, a, like it, it's a wrap now. Like, right? This is what the Ravens do. They do things unconventional. They focus more on the run than they do on the pass, and it's worked for them. I mean, they were going to their second, third, fourth string running back last night, pulling guys off the practice squad. I mean, there are worse options than Devontae Freeman, but, I mean, come on. But, Shay, can I ask you this? I, I, yeah. I literally thought with three and a half minutes left when Patrick Holmes got the ball, when I was like, oh, this game is over. Oh, This yeah. game's a wrap. Well, like, yes, there's too much time on the clock. Exactly, because the Chiefs know how to win games. But apparently so do the Baltimore Ravens. That's Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. So was the Ravens win over the Chiefs the most impressive win of Week 2? That's what we're asking right now on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at KJ and Max. Be a part of KJM Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed or call in line. It's 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the ones that fan deserves. Okay, so we mentioned this at the end of the game, right? And this is kind of how it went down. Kansas City used all three timeouts. They force a fourth and one with a minute and some change left. And Harbaugh yells to Jackson and asks whether Baltimore should go for that fourth and one in its own 43-yard line. And Jackson yelled back, Hell yeah, let's go for it. And he ran for the first down to seal the win. And so then after the game, John Harbaugh was asked, you know, about that decision. Here's the head coach. Saying to Lamar, do you want to go for this? Was there ever any doubt? No, there wasn't. But I, I, I just, maybe I wanted to be sure myself, you know. I, I knew he was going to say yes, so. Uh, but we were going for it at that point. Would there have been a doubt if it was any other player or quarterback? If you didn't have Lamar? Well, I, Mahomes, I bet they're going for it too with Patrick Mahomes. How about that? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so, uh, yeah, he wanted to be sure. I mean, obviously, I think at that point, we all assume that a guy like Lamar Jackson would want to go for it. And then the response in terms of, oh, yeah, if they had Patrick Mahomes, they would go for it. Well, no, duh, right? Like, isn't that the response? Like, you of course they it. would. Most quarterbacks, I mean, most coaches in that position probably is going to go for it because of the quarterback on the other side. If you give him that ball back, there's no telling what he might do. So you just say to yourself, you know what, I'd rather not give him the ball back because I got something behind me. I just need to make sure. We know we want to do it, but I need him to talk me into doing it. And so Lamar was able basically to talk Harbaugh into going for it, even though Harbaugh, his mind probably was made up, but that's a good relationship between quarterback and coach. That's the communication lines a lot of people wish they had. I just want to give Lamar a lot of credit for his mental toughness. I know that's a cliche that we say a lot in sports. I mean, but damn, he started the game with two interceptions, <laughs> right? 15 guys in the IR. And in that moment, to have confidence in yourself to lead your team to a victory, uh, that, that speaks volumes about him as a player and him as a MVP candidate. Look, there was a seven-point swing like in the first 30 seconds of the game yesterday. Could have been a touchdown, and then it went the other way, uh, thanks to Tyron Matthew. But nonetheless, the Baltimore Ravens did get it done in a thriller on Sunday night. What was not thrilling was the amount of injuries yesterday. I mean, that is for sure. A ton of injuries throughout the NFL, including one that cost someone an upset. That's after Jay has this from Straight Talk Wireless. 5G is here. But the big carriers want you to sign the pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore. Not on my watch. Because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. That's right. With plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. All on America's best networks. That's 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Ankle got twisted up, felt it right away. It did not feel good. Tried to tape it up, spat it up, do everything I could to get out there and finish the game. And it's a bad feeling to not be out there, especially in that situation. Kind of let the team down a little bit. It's definitely frustrating. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max next. Keyshawn, Jay Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Shay Cornette filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. Week two almost in the books, but we do have a Monday night football game tonight. And it was a good week overall, right? A good weekend of football overall. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, good football. College football was good. The pros were good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was the, the yeah. Damian Harris truck stick. The Najee Harris stiff arm. Yeah, from I mean, good place. It, DJ Freeman, do you see that catch he had for OU? I mean, that interception, that grab? I mean, it was a crazy week going it on. It was. It was a yeah, crazy I don't know week. how he managed to get that, get his body get over. It and turn it DJ Graham. Was, yeah. That was uh, nice. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, for those of you listening and not watching, you can watch on ESPN2 and see the arm movements that we're doing here. Um, okay, uh, <laughs> what was not nice was all the injuries yesterday. And, and probably the one that highlights the whole group, guys, was Carson Wentz. So Wentz rolled his ankle on a scramble, didn't play in Indy's final two series. Jacob Eason replaced him, and they ended up losing the game to the Rams. 27-24 was the final. Um, According to the Colts, he's set to undergo more tests ahead of Colts' Week 3 matchup against the Tennessee Titans, which we know will be no easy test for the Colts. 
But I guess the question now on Carson Wentz is, like, how do you proceed? The, the injury thing is following him wherever he goes. We have it now yet again. We're only in week two. He's coming off a, a surgery during, the, during training camp and during the preseason. When you heard about this and you watched this with your own eyes, what went through your mind, Key? I mean, it's just same story, basically. This guy can't stay healthy. That's really the, the yeah. only thing. And, and, and it's, look, football's a contact sport. Things happen. Um, I'm not always just ready to just throw a dude away because he has an injury. But this is one of those situations where when you're unavailable to the team on a consistent basis, you can't help the club in the tub all the time. So you got to just figure out how to fight through those things. I don't know how severe the ankle uh, injury is, if he could go back out there, whatever the case is. But you would like to try to see a guy kind of fight through certain situations to get back on the field to just in crucial timings, game-winning drives, like somehow muster enough energy up <laughs> to limp out on the field and get underneath the center. It, not somehow, Key. Get on the field, Carson. Like, it, it was – you're watching Jacob Eason, and you see him on the sideline walking up and down the sideline a little bit, pacing, and you're just looking at him saying, okay, man, look, I understand that there's a history of you being injury-prone, but right now at this moment, especially with the way they've been stopped – I mean, you go back to the earlier in the game when they were on the one-yard line of the Rams, right? Like, I mean, punch it down the middle, stop. Punch it down the middle, stop. Punch it down the middle, stop. They go for the fourth and one. They still don't get it. You just want to see them operate at a high rate in the red zone, which they don't do, even though Frank Wright is considered to be an innovative offensive coach. They don't do that. And now Carson Wentz has been running for his life. And look, over two games, man, the guy's been sacked six times. He's been hit 28 damn times. And this is like 28 damn times. And this is kind of the same story from what we saw in Philadelphia, right? With him getting sacked and and being on the ground and getting pressured and now an injury. Well, let's hear from the head coach of the Colts who had this to say about Wentz's injury after the game. He rolled it up pretty bad. I kind of had a sense when he walked off the field because I saw it. It didn't look good. Um, Sometimes if you go back in right away while it's still warm you know you can maybe gut out a few more plays but you know when the longer we were off the field there it just stiffened up and you know he tried but there was uh, there was no chance yeah see I, I get what coach is saying but typically from from my doctor's eyes and I've been a, a MD for quite a while now <laughs> that when you twist an ankle sprain an ankle for whatever it's worth you ain't standing on it you're not standing on it. Mm-hmm. You're sitting down on the bench with some ice on it, or you're in the damn locker room. You're not standing there watching the game proceed. Elevated. So too. I don't know what type of ankle injury he has, but when you are standing up, I, I just that's just me. If you're standing up, you want him to play. I mean, yeah, right? that's just that's me. You, yeah. That's I what don't you know. Feel like. And it also goes back to some offseason moves. I mean, not going for a guy like Gardner Minshew as a backup, right? Not going for a veteran presence, having Jacob Eason there. Like, you're probably not going to utilize draft capital bring Nick Foles back in this situation so he can repeat what the Eagles did the time before. So, like, you know, I started thinking about a guy. I'm like, is that an opportunity for Cam Newton, Key? No. Is it not? Okay, I'm just saying. All right, no, then roll he, with Jacob Beeson then. He, he'll be fine. It's an ankle, man. Throw some pixie dust But it's it. not going to be fine because I feel be like we're going back in the same thing. We always talk about Carson Wentz being no, injured he'll, he'll be Carson Wentz will be. He's not missing the season. So, he'll miss a game or two. If, if he's standing up. And he's walking around, he won't miss much time. 
All right. As the NFL season gets underway, make sure you're ready for kickoff with TuneIn, the app that lets you listen to live games, in-depth analysis, and tailored content for your team all season long. Plus, with ESPN Radio on TuneIn, you can listen to comprehensive football coverage from NFL Live, Fantasy Focus Football, and more, all to fuel your football fandom. Download the TuneIn app today to start listening everywhere you go. So that's Carson Wentz, right? Like, he thinks he may be only out a game or two. We will see because, again, he is an injury-prone dude. But he wasn't the only one that was injured yesterday that is also kind of been injury prone. Like you look at Tua Tungavailoa carted off the field with a rib injury. We don't have any further information on him as of right now, although we will hear from Jeff Darlington, who was at the game in just a moment, but they could not figure out a way to get back on track. The Dolphins couldn't. It was a blowout loss for the Dolphins in terms of what the Bills were able to do. A 35 to nothing loss. Tyrod Taylor with an injury. Jarvis Landry goes down for the Browns. TJ Watt has a groin injury amongst other defensive players for the Steelers. Brandon Graham, he's got an Achilles injury. I mean, I could keep going. Yesterday was a rough day. Let's focus on the Tua situation really quick, though, guys. Another guy plagued by injuries in college. Now it's happening again at the professional level. A rib injury. He's in the locker room the whole game. And without Tua, I mean, the Dolphins could not find a way. Yeah, Shay, you've got to know, though, when you are – drafted certain players, not only necessarily with a hinge, uh, 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 injury history, but from a size standpoint, he is not the biggest. And right. when you have defense alignment flops landing on you like that, chances are you're going to come up with something. Uh, that's why when you talk about size, size does matter in the National Football League. It matters. It, it, you cannot <laughs> – have small dudes on a consistent basis taking this type of pounding at the quarterback spot. You have force coming at you, 300 pounders knocking you down, 260, 70-pound linebackers. You've got to be able to get through an entire season, and when you have that type of body playing that type of position, it's going to be very difficult. It's like the same reason you worried about Kyler Murray, right? And we saw what happened to him last year. It, I takes, mean, it takes he, one pop, all of a sudden shoulder he had injuries. A great game yesterday. But he took some shots that mm-hmm. made you, and he was kind of uh, grimacing a little bit when he mm-hmm. was getting up off the turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the latest on Tua, Jeff Darlington, was at the game yesterday uh, between the Bills and the Dolphins. And so here is the latest on Tua Tungavailoa's injury. Well, this was supposed to be the season. These are supposed to be the games when the Miami Dolphins could evaluate Tua Tungavailoa as their franchise quarterback. And now their fingers are crossed that they can still do just that. Tungavailoa leaving Sunday's game with a rib injury. Head coach Brian Flores saying afterwards that he will undergo testing in the next couple of days to diagnose exactly the extent. I think the bigger thing for me here, though, guys, was the fact that the Dolphins just couldn't generate anything without Tua Tungavailoa on the field. Like, say what you want about uh, about him. Like, they couldn't get anything right. The Dolphins couldn't. Well, it, it you, you lose your starting quarterback. Now... Your game plan is there, but the people that's running it now didn't get the necessary snaps in the in the in practice leading up to the game right. because you didn't anticipate that they were going to have to, you know, take over. That's why I love coaches that share reps with the first unit or with the second team with the first unit. Yeah. Prepare your guys. So who's ever in there, they can run your system. Remember yeah. all those Deshaun Watson conversations that had died down? 
Well, get ready for that to ramp back yeah, up. Yeah, I know. The, the problem is we don't know if, when, how Deshaun Watson's going to be able to proceed this year. But you're right. I mean, this is now the time. There's no more Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami, right, to bail out of situations like this. Okay, um, there was some good news, though, yesterday. A lot of really good quarterback play um, across the board from multiple different quarterbacks. And we're going to talk about that next. We'll go no huddle and discuss some of the best quarterback performances of the day next right here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. College football fans. After an offseason that felt a little more off than usual, Fansville and Dr. Pepper invite you to celebrate because college football is back, and so are the fans. Yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Again, the season of Saturdays when rivalries run deep and nacho cheese deep dip runs even deeper. <laughs> so crack open an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, warm up your cornhole tossing arm, and return to glory with an all-new season of Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Congratulations, Hunter. 2-0. What were the keys to getting this win? Defense played out of their mind. Ankle got twisted up, felt it right away. Did not feel good. It's a bad feeling to not be out there, especially in that situation. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max next. When he went no huddle, and they started to make plays. All the big games but light on time? Let us catch you up. Definitely not fun ever playing against no huddle offense. Let's run the no huddle. Whether you huddle, whether you don't huddle, it still comes down to just the execution. Oh, yeah, we're about to go no huddle because there were some epic QB performances already in week two. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, Series XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. I'm Shay Cornette filling in for Max Keller in this morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And if you want to give us a call on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, feel free. It's 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And we are asking you this morning, what was the most impressive win of week two well maybe some of the sound will convince you which way to go with that question we're going to start here everyone was talking about Jameis Winston and the Saints after week one and their beat down on the Green Bay Packers so what does it say now about the 2-0 Panthers that they beat up on the Saints in week two well here's Sam Darnold after throwing for over 300 passing yards yesterday you know I've always had you know a lot of confidence um you know that's never going to change but um you know, just finding completions and, and continuing to move the ball down the field is a good feeling. Well, it's never going to change, huh, <laughs> No, it doesn't, right? But when you look at him, threw for over 300 yards in the air yesterday, but he had two straight consistent games. And having a Christian McCaffrey in a, in a DJ Moore and a Robbie Anderson and a competent head coach and offensive coordinator that's putting you in the right position to make plays, this is what you get versus what they get. Where Well, they're not in Long Island anymore. They're now in Jersey. Yes. What you get in New Jersey from the Jets. Amazing what, it, what a change of scenery can do, huh, Jay? Or skilled positional players. That too. The head coach, Joe Brady. I mean, it, it, it helps when you have that. I mean, yesterday for me, honestly, just just the jabbing going on in our text chain with Evan Wilner, our producer, who's a diehard Jets fan. And every other Jets fan I know, when you watch Zach Wilson, have the horrific game he had the other day. While Sam Darnold continues to thrive in this offense, it just makes me happy. Well, one day fan. they'll listen. <laughs> hard hit <clears throat> makes a soft day. behind and maybe after four interceptions this was the same defense that kind of held Aaron Rodgers in check right the Saints I'm just the exact they had, held him in check they only scored three points okay. the Packers did yeah. for the record I was fully in favor of them keeping Sam Darnold and building around him I just wanted that to be known okay well 
Too little, too late. Let's move to Arizona. Kyler Murray <laughs> became the first player in NFL history with three passing MVP. touchdowns and one rushing touchdown in each of the team's first two games this season as the Cardinals hung on desperately but did find a way to hang on against the Vikings. It was a 34-33 win yesterday. So here is the Cardinals QB, Kyler Murray. Night and day. You know, I'm, I'm, I see it all out there. You know, and it's, it's um, slowed down for sure. Understand our offense, you know, the guys understand what we're trying to do. So, you know, we're, we're moving as one for the most part. We just got to clean a lot of stuff up. You know, it's a long season. Um, so uh, definitely I, I feel I feel great as far as, you know, command of what's going on and all that type of stuff. Hey, Kyler Murray had a really good day, Jay, yesterday. I mean, now he's in year three, and, and that obviously is a big difference. Look, the, the pairing of Gus Johnson and Kyler Murray together makes it for one of the most entertaining games you can see in football any weekend out there. But Kyler Murray, look, he's – He's my favorite up there with David Carr right now as MVP candidates, especially in a day where D. Hopkins was held to just 50 yard yard, 54 yards. Look, he was held Ky- in check. Kyler Murray knows the system. He understands what they're trying to get done from an offensive standpoint. My hope is that that defense can still hold things together because their offense is going to generate points. There's no question about it, but it's all about the defense when it comes to air raid systems. Air raid systems, whether it's college or some similarities in the pros, are going to put up big numbers across the board, but they always put their defenses in harm's way. Yeah, but Kyler Murray throwing for 400 passing yards is something Mm. to be excited about if you're a Cardinals fan today. Okay, what about Tom Brady? (laughs) Well, you know, Tom Brady, father time, not a thing. He throws for five touchdown passes for the best start of his career, okay? He was 24 of 36, 276 yards. Again, five Mm. passing TDs. Brady's nine passing TDs through two games so far are tied for second most in NFL history. 2018, Patrick Mahomes had 10 um, in his first two games, and so this is the kind of company now Brady just constantly keeps it's unbelievable and so here's TB12's head coach Bruce Arians he's got a great grasp of it that's obvious you know and um, the way teams are trying to play us he sees it early and uh, they usually don't break their pattern even when the game got back tight there was there was still the same so and guys made plays for him we still dropped some balls though it could have been a better output earlier it ended up being a nice output but should have happened earlier you're not in your head key you agree well, yeah, you clean some stuff up. There was a few balls that was dropped on, out there, but you get those balls back. His completion percentage goes up. Second year in the offense, second time around, a little cleaner. You understand things a little bit better. And much like Coach Arians say, defenses won't change. They're going to do what they do. And as time goes on, you find your counterpunch to them, and you dominate by putting up five touchdowns like Tom Brady did. Yeah, TB is nasty. You got to give that – a lot of credit to the defense, so big shout-out to them. Two pick-sixes in the fourth quarter just blew that whole thing open. Since the bye week last year for the Buccaneers, they have not lost a game. And, and, and Bruce Arians talks about how he's got a great grasp of the offense, Tom Brady does. I think he had a great grasp down the stretch mm-hmm. last year. Um, okay, Keys MVP through two weeks delivered a big win in Pittsburgh, which is really, really hard to do. Derek Carr threw for at least 300 yards for a fourth straight game, dating back to last season, and now has eight, 817 passing yards through his first two games, the most in Raiders franchise history. And John Gruden says Derek Carr is it so far. I just let his performance speak for itself. I've been, I've been clamoring about Derek Carr since I've been here, so hopefully he gets some recognition for doing what he did today. You know, he had some long drives. He was uh, big again at the end of the game against two great defenses two weeks in a row, and it's a big reason why we've been able to win. It, it, okay, he he has been clamoring for him, but many people have. I also feel like Derek Carr is completely underrated year in and year out. Is it just me, Key? I think you've been saying something similar as well. 
Well, Shay, what, what happens is people don't like the Raiders. You got to remember. The, they, they, that, that's a polarizing team in general. So no matter what good comes out of there, it's like the Cowboys. It's going to still be bad. Mm-hmm. People are going to find a reason to feel a certain way. And it's all about the hype. It's all about the built-up machine. If you don't have the, the, the shades behind you or the Keyshawns behind you pushing the narrative, then other people will set their own agendas to make you think that Carr is worse than what he is. All you got to do is look at the numbers. If you watch football and you pay attention, you know who's good and who's not based on watching the damn games. But what happens is people just they follow the little tweets, the newspaper articles. They follow that stuff. And they go, oh, well, they said that the coach doesn't really like him. John Gruden's never said ever since he's been there he didn't like Carr. He never said that. So that was one of those things where people just automatically assume John didn't like Carr, so therefore Carr wasn't any good. So that narrative kept going. So no matter what he would do, he was always behind the eight ball, Jay. Well, I'll say this, Key. No Josh Jacobs yesterday. Yeah, no problem. Three, three offensive linemen out. Alex mm-hmm. Leatherbound. You know, like having that issue, Leatherwood. I always say Leatherbound. I don't know why. I think it's Leather Leatherbound Brown book. books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like in my head. Like <laughs> Leather. I have many Leatherbound books. Um, Leatherwood being out, I think that's an issue for them moving forward. But look, he, man, it, that pass he had to Henry Ruggs was the pass of the day. And watching what he's been able to do, the precision in which he plays with, and the leadership ability is key. Like he lead. This is his team. You feel like it's Derek Carr's team, but also. His ability to sustain, the sustainability of this high-level wins, they need to keep this going because, look, with the way he's playing, I mean, he is the MVP leading forward right now. He's he's always been fired at me. I, I, I'm like, you say, I don't get it, but. I, every year we're I'm talking just, about, like. You know, I'm like, I don't get it. Dude that threw for 4,000 yards in each season he's been with John Gruden. Prior to that, he was in a high 3,000s. I mean, it just, you know, his interceptions are always around, hovering around 8, 9, 10. He's never like 13, 15, 20. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Did it feel like, you know, watching David Carr ascend? And then, you know, is it because of getting a new offensive coordinator in in Pittsburgh for Matt Canada, right? Is that for Big Ben? Because I feel like his play was just subpar yesterday. It it didn't feel the same. I'm watching two different quarterbacks on two different trajectories. That's what it felt like yesterday. Well, I would say that Pittsburgh, in their situation, and trying to run the football, establish the run with Najee, get the ball in his playmaker's hands, Ben is 75 years old. So he's just going to be able to just do enough. He's got to get more help from the defensive side of the ball for them to be able to win. They were in the game. It wasn't like they got run out of the building or anything like that. It just they never took full control of the game, I would say, because the battling back and forth, what Derek Carr was able to do, putting them in positions and just continuing to make plays applies pressure to people like Ben. Look, Kia said it multiple times here in a break, different places. Like, it is really hard to win in Pittsburgh. And the fact that the Raiders were on a short week, were able to go there and win, speaks volumes. In terms of Derek Carr, and you brought up these numbers, I just want to point it out. Players with 4,000 passing yards and no more than 10 interceptions in each of the past three seasons. Here's the list. Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. That's the list. That's it. Like, he's an extremely capable, very again. good quarterback. Players with 4,000 passing yards and no more than 10 interceptions in each of the last three seasons. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. Say the two names again, though. Because that, <laughs> that doesn't Rogers. even... Let me, let me ask you guys about the question. Carr. But look, Shay, that doesn't even sound right, right? I mean, that's, but that, that's, that's the, the list. Point. But it's the reality of it. 
Exactly. So you guys have been in the camp that Derek Carr is the elite of the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League. And yeah. how long – I'm curious, how long have you guys thought that way? I've thought that since day one. Like, you know, with, with drafted, Aaron Rodgers and with Patrick Mahomes, like when he the was elite drafted coming out of Fresno State, Jay, I felt good about him the entire time. Three years in, he was an MVP candidate. He gets hurt at the end of the year. They go to Houston. I don't even know Matt McClone or somebody was the quarterback then. They go to Houston and lose to a young Deshaun Watson in the playoffs. If Derek Carr was playing that game, they probably would have went to the damn Super Bowl, man. But nobody was preaching this way about Derek Carr last year. I mean, I'm not That's gonna... just the you know, team's record. That, yeah. the, okay, the team's record has a lot to do with the way people feel about him, the team that he's on, the coach that's coaching him. When when you look up and the defense is giving up all the goods and the offense continue to try to keep him alive, but they're losing games, nobody's going to talk about him at all. We're asking, what was the most impressive win or performance of week two? And we're asking that on the Dr. Pepper call on line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Phillips in Orange County has something to say about Derek Carr there on the Dr. Pepper call in line. What's going on, Phillip? Hey, guys, good morning. Hope you guys are doing great on this Monday morning. Um, yeah, so Derek Carr, I feel like we always have to prove the haters wrong, and he does it year in and year out. And the Raiders look pretty damn good the first two. I know it's the first two weeks, but they look pretty good. And that defense is always keeping us in that game uh, on these back-to-back weeks. So with Gus Bradley there, I think we could do some some good things this year, and hopefully everybody stays healthy. With that that, um, that ankle tweak, that looked kind of scary, but he, he came back strong and he came up with that dub. Yeah, that's a good point. Derek Carr did look like he tweaked his egg, link, or leg, ankle, whatever it was, and then obviously he came back into the game. Similar, Baker Mayfield had like a shoulder singer or something too, came back in the game. Just more injury is what we thought were going to be a hold our breath situation and it turned out not to be that. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Well, it was the scenario perhaps Bears fans had been, I don't want to say waiting for, because you don't ever want to wish an injury on someone, but it's happened now. Field has become the starter, sort of, for a little while in Chicago at least. So Andy Dalton yesterday left the game in the second quarter with a knee injury. Prior to leaving the game, he was 9 of 11 for 56 passing yards. He had a passing TD, and again, he left in the second quarter. Um, And he is the former Bengals quarterback. Bears played the Bengals yesterday. He's 2-0 against the Bengals thus far in his career since he's left Cincinnati. So Andy Dalton gets hurt. Justin Fields goes in, and now we have this scenario where what's going to happen going forward if Andy Dalton feels better? Do they keep Justin Fields in? It's a scenario we had all kind of knew was going to be coming, but perhaps it was a little premature. What are your thoughts on the situation in Chicago? Because the Bears did get their first win of the season with Fields in it under center. Yeah, they they did, and and you got to give him – it's like a reliever in baseball. When he comes in, he gets the win. Or, you know, the save where the actual pitcher who started doesn't get the win. Fields gets the win. Right. Uh, the teams look like defensively from an energized standpoint that they were energized once he took the field. And I think that that is kind of going all the way back to training camp, Shay, saying, hey, look, veteran players will let you know when it's ready to play a young pup. And I think Chicago Bear players have let Matt Nagy know, yes, Andy Dalton started. Yes, he got injured, but we would rather have this young guy take over now. And that's the situation. I always felt like it was going to take an early injury or a blowout for them to finally say that Justin Fields 
is going to be our starter, and that's probably going to be the case here in the next 48 hours or so. I've been waiting all weekend. What, what's your take on this show? I know this is, <laughs> you know, you always weekend. come to us. This is your squad. It's your team. I sent you a text the other day. I said, oh, that defense stepping up. Okay, Roquan Smith. Haven't seen him in a while play yep. like that. Yeah, you you could argue the defense maybe took it to another level, a little energizer jolt when Justin Fields went in there. But I felt like that was more predicated on the embarrassment that was the Sunday night before against the Rams. Um, look, I, I think whenever you put in a young quarterback who's as athletic, as athletic rather as Justin Fields is, it's going to help out your offense. But here's the thing. Like, everyone's all excited about what Justin Fields can do with his legs. Well, I saw the same thing with Mitch Trubisky. Use his legs and, and audible on plays and, and scramble out of the pocket to extend drives. I've already seen that story. Like, yeah. let me see how it results in wins, not just against the Bengals. Like against other teams, maybe the Packers. Hey, I'll take it. I'm just saying, like, his ability to extend plays doesn't. That helps out a lot, though. Sure, but I saw that already with Trubisky. Like, I I, want to see him actually be a capable quarterback for the Chicago Bears and have longevity. But that falls on the coaching staff at that point. We know. I, I always felt like Mitch Trubisky had some ability. I felt like the Bears probably should have worked with him and tried to figure it out, but I guess they felt the time ran out on that side of things. A young player like this gives you some hope and some ability when you are a teammate and you know the dude that's the quarterback is not good. Like, I don't care how much we roll Andy Dalton out there. He's not good. That's what the veteran players are looking at. And then when they see a young dude like Fields go 6-13, yes, an interception, an ill-advised interception, they're not worried about that because whatever little bit that he is doing, they're excited about. If Andy Dalton was doing something, they would be like, oh, okay, cool. Because they just don't want him at the quarterback. They're not going to say it. They're going to give you subtle little hints about Fields' athletic ability, kind of sending a message to the coaching staff and let them know he's ready to play. Well, well Allen Robinson also just missed the grab in the end zone. I mean, it, it, he could have had a, a, a touchdown as well. And normally simply. he catches those kinds yes. of balls. Uh, speaking of the coaching staff, let's hear from Nat, Matt Nagy. So uh, is, the, is Dalton the starter going forward? I'm, I'm not I'm not going to get into I'm not going to get into any of that okay okay well what about Justin Fields then with Justin is he's probably further along than we thought at this point right now so um, if that's the case then we feel good about it and Justin has uh, he's worked really really hard to get to this point even today like in that moment as a rookie coming on in in that situation super calm super cool um, and and uh even after the interception, when that when that dropper he dropped in in, in the zero look made the play, he was very cool coming out there and knowing to try to make a play. But he's done that his whole career. Like that doesn't fluster him. So that's a strength that he has. So we'll see where everything goes and where, where it's at. But for sure, if Justin um, he's done what we've asked him to do, and we feel good with him. So Shay, ask me. Oh, Shay, ask me that same question about. Whether or not Andy Dalton is the starter. Okay. Coach Keyshawn, you got to call him Coach, okay, Ke- got it. Coach, Coach Keyshawn. Keyshawn voice. So is Andy Dalton your starter going forward? Well, if Andy's capable of playing, he's our starter. Okay, what about Justin Fields? Justin did everything that we asked him to do. He's an exceptional athlete. Um, we're glad that he's up to speed on everything. He certainly <laughs> gives us an opportunity if he needs to play. But if Andy Dalton is healthy, he's our starter. If he's your starter, that's the way you answer it. Say it. You just say, if he's healthy... He's our starter, but not the, well, I'm not going to answer that right now. I'm not going to get into all that. It's simple. If he's your starter, just answer it because he's not your starter. 
and you know he's not going to be your starter. So now you can come out on Tuesday or Wednesday and say Justin Fields is going to take all first-team reps. We don't know. We haven't decided. We're going to see how the week goes and see where Andy's at. You can do that to us and then start him on Sunday. It, it, it kind of reminds me, and I'm not saying they're exactly the same, but of what we watched last year with Doug Peterson with the Eagles and Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, right? Every time he went to the podium, it just felt like certain guys, Key, just can't figure out what to say. Like, can't just say what it is, and they're, they're somewhat elusive, and you, it leads you to ask more and more questions, Shay. It's been this way with Matt Nagy, I mean, since Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. And it's just it's, – um, it's one of these things, man, where you just feel like it's a car, it's a car wreck. Well, if he, if he was to come out in a post-presser and say, Justin Fields is our starter, then they would have said, well, why you didn't start him? In week the beginning. One or, or the begin- right. You know, so he's giving, himself, that key. he's giving himself some time to let things settle down so he can go back and tell you he met with his staff. They've decided it's probably in the best interest of the team to start Justin because Andy's suffering. Just from say his it's injury. fluid. Then this is fluid. Oh, but then that. Oh, well, can what? you imagine what we'd be saying if we heard this, this is fluid? Is, well, I mean, he put himself in this it, corner. It, we did it, right? It, regardless, you know? here's what I'll say. I did notice though, if, between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, and this is a veteran versus a rookie getting the ball out faster. Like Andy Dalton clearly gets the ball out faster than Justin Fields, but that's just age, you know. Yeah, but but not only age, his, his delivery is different. Right. He you know he's got to wind up. He likes to hold it a little bit. To see it develop. And that's okay. For sure. All right. We got more. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. A road team that won. Felt like a home game. We'll discuss next.